They say the all-star game needs to be fixed. I say lean into what you got going on because that's probably better for you. Then I get into the mailbag, including double big lineups, keeping Blake Griffin. And what are the Cavaliers thinking letting Kevin Love go to the Miami Heat? It's all right now on the Lockdown Celtics podcast. Be ever ready. Recognize the city of champs. Boston, baby, we do what you can't. Locked on number 18, Tatum and Brown, J team, step back. We gon' wet that and slay teams. Of course, the Celtics, who else could it be? Screaming like KG with the Larry OB. Corrales above average, assessing the team status. Best daily pod, no cap, salary matching. Clutch like Bird to DJ, keep John on replay. Primetime, dapping up the truth on the sideline. Raining Jays, how it started, raising banners, how we finished. Locked on Celtics pod, home of the winners. B. Welcome back to the Lockdown Celtics podcast right here on the Lockdown Podcast Network where it's your team every day and I'm here for you every day with a free fresh podcast drop directly to your device if you are a subscriber. So make sure you hop on to whichever podcasting app you use, desire to use, and subscribe to this podcast. You can also do the same thing on YouTube. Hop into the comments section. Join that big Celtics community over there in the Lockdown Celtics YouTube page. Lots of big conversations going on there. Join it. Join in. I'd love to hear what you have to say about this podcast, about the show, uh, about me, about whatever, about the Celtics, everything. I'm John Corrales. Uh, I'm a former professional basketball player that now covers the Boston Celtics for Boston Sports Journal. And I've written a book called the Boston Celtics All-Time All-Stars. Tuesday podcast tonight at the Armory in Somerville. If you haven't bought your tickets and you're looking for something to do, you want to talk to Kendrick Perkins, that's what I'm going to be doing at the Armory in Somerville. Uh, talking about his new book, The Education of Kendrick Perkins. Lots of good stuff in there, man. So that's happening tonight at the Armory in Somerville. I'm doing a mailbag today. So uh, first of all, today's show brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. Later on, we'll get uh, some questions. I like I like to save the uh, kind of more abstract questions or questions about my job or anything like that. I saved those for the last segment. We get into some buyout talk uh, in, in what the Cavs were able to do the double big lineup. And that's all in the next two segments. I want to start this podcast with some random all-star thoughts that leads into our first question. And I think the, the first thing I, I want to, I, I talked about uh, Jason Tatum becoming the all-star game MVP uh, Jalen Brown having his 35 point game. That was a really nice, a really nice performance from both of those guys. Lots of people complaining about the All Star Game, and I, I do agree. I do agree that, the, especially for the people who are uh, who have experienced the past All Star Games, that are that were more, I don't know, competitive or stuff like that. Maybe, maybe not quite as as Jalen put it, a glorified layup line. Uh, I, for some reason, this year I think guys just really. It really went to a different level in this one. Does it need to be fixed? What I think we need to come to a consensus on what what is the All Star Game really? And I said yesterday's podcast that it's 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 not even for us. They they kind of run it under the guise of it's for the fans and everything in the NBA is supposed to be for the fans, but this really is for the players and something that. They can they can kind of look forward to and it's a, it's a break for them and we're just kind of tagging along and watching it. 
I, I don't know. Honestly, there's a lot of conversation about, whoa, whoa we got to make the all-star game competitive. I don't know that I want the all-star game to be competitive. Do I want, and then that begs the question, do we even want an all-star game at all? I mean, every, every league does an all-star something, but every league, this isn't just an NBA thing. Now, baseball, it's hard, but you know, you, you still got to throw a pitch and swing and, and whatever, but hockey's, all-star game from from what I can tell it's not exactly a, a a big like crazy hockey game there's a ton of ton of goals in that one no one's really skating hard the, the pro Bowl I, I I looked up and I saw flag football that's always been the worst of the all-star games but this isn't an NBA centric thing this is a bunch of guys who make a ton of money that don't want to jeopardize their money they don't want to jeopardize their chances at a title. They don't want to jeopardize, you know, what would you rather have? Tatum and Brown going out there and joking around and having their little fun like this, or Tatum and Brown going and spending 25 minutes playing hard, competitive basketball in in an exhibition. I, I don't think I want to see that that exhibition game. Obviously, if you got all of those guys into one game, would it be fun to see an actual competitive game between all of those players? Sure. Do I want to do it now? No. No, I don't. I don't want to do it in the middle of the season. I don't want Jason Tatum playing that game. I don't want him playing hard when there are 23 games left in the regular season in a deep playoff run. I don't want Jason Tatum doing that. If they're going to play hard, then sit them out. I, I don't even want to just name your all-stars. Sit all the all-stars, put the rest of the guys out there, put the next 16 guys out there or 24 guys out there, whatever. The, but but even that, I don't even want those guys out there. <laughs> so what's the what, what's the answer here? What's the actual answer here? Maybe you don't have a game, or maybe you change, maybe you 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 make it uh just another competition. And maybe the game isn't really a game. There's, there's plenty of time to figure that out. But I just wanted to throw it out there that a lot of people are, there's a lot of hand-wringing about how do you make this game competitive, and I don't want it to be competitive. I really don't. I want it to be just a, a, a fun little exhibition. We got the dunk contest. Mac McClung was awesome because he, got, he, he nailed his dunks on the first try. Like, all you got to do is be really good at dunking and do all those dunks on the first try. And all of a sudden, it's a great dunk contest. If everybody nails their dunks on the first try, then it becomes a great dunk contest. Three-point shootout is a three-point shootout. The, the other thing, the skills competition, is that's just, that's just a mess. I liked the original one, but the, whatever. But they've got to they've lean into whatever this is. Just lean into it and say, we know... Competitive basketball is not happening in the all-star game. Lean into the other side. Don't look for ways to make it competitive. Lean into the other thing. Because that's much that, that that's at least acknowledging here we are. We're gonna we're gonna do this. Just deal with it. This leads into my first mailbag question from Lawrence, who says, What do you think about a second team all-star game with role players? Uh, a role players game added to all-star weekend. 
So many great players that deserve their flowers. Example, Marcus Smart and Time Lord can get in there. And and the, the suggestion is, I get it. You want to find a way to give these role players their, their flowers. Okay. And this is not your attention, Lawrence. So I'm not saying that this is, I'm not putting this on you. I don't think, I don't think any of the players involved would want to be in that because as a player, I'd be like, I don't want your second team all-star game. Like, I don't want to be on the JV all-star game. I want to be an all-star. I think you inadvertently offend the guys in that, in that game. Uh, now, if you want to include some of those guys in the, a competitive something or other to, to spice up the all-star game, well, maybe there's a way to do that. But I, I, think, I think, as I was saying, all-Star Weekend is what it is. Lean into the entertainment. These guys who are the role players, they'll, they'll get their flowers in the form of contracts and praise on podcasts like this one and, and all of that. We all know and love and appreciate what, what we're, role players can do, especially guys like Marcus Smart and, and Robert Williams, who at, at some point like during the season, Marcus Smart was when the Celtics were really on a roll. Could Marcus Smart have become an all-star? That that was a little bit of the conversation. Robert Williams went fully healthy. Could he be an all-star? That's certainly a conversation that can be had. Anything like that, that other game, wouldn't, I don't think it would fly. But I'm all for ideas on how to fix All-Star Weekend and make it more exciting. But like I said, lean into the entertainment part of it. Lean into the these guys are goofing around. And turn it into something, turn it into something else. Make it not, not this, not whatever we were watching. And maybe, maybe it can be something, it can become something fun. The problem, the problem is that his, historically, now you're, now you're taking away a history thing and it, it just changes a lot. But who knows? Who knows what the future is going to bring? It's all about evolution. Evolve or go extinct. That's one of my favorite things to say. More mailbag questions. Next including ending the double big lineup and Kevin Love being bought up by the Cavs to join a rival. Huh. What? Yeah. That's next. First, today's show brought to you by FanDuel. We are two-thirds of the way through the NBA season, and now would be a great time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, and it's coming soon to Massachusetts. So hop on in. New customers, this is a great time because you get a no-sweat first bet of up to $1,000. That's in bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. I personally would not want my first bet to win because I'd love to get $1,000 in bonus bets. So just download the FanDuel Sports app. Safe, secure, incredibly easy to use, and you can bet on everything from the money line to points, point scores, and three-pointers drain. It's all there at FanDuel. FanDuel currently has the Boston Celtics as eight-point favorites on Thursday night for their game against the Indiana Pacers, their first game back from the All-Star break. Uh, that feels like a safe bet. I, I like the Celtics by uh, more than eight. And I'm not really a big fan of those big point spreads. Uh, and if I'm looking to, to run some sort of parlay, uh, I'm taking Philly minus four uh, over the Grizzlies, and I am taking the Sacramento Kings minus five and a half over the Portland Trailblazers. That's my three-team 
that's going to be my parlay over there at FanDuel. So go check it out. You can combine your bets like that for a chance at a bigger payout uh, with the same game parlay. So don't miss out on your chance for a no-sweat first bet. It's up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. You have to go there to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of the NBA. Just ask you to please gamble responsibly. Thanks for making Locked On Celtics your first listen every day. Why not head over to the Locked On NBA feed? You get two great podcasts there. First, the Locked On NBA podcast, which is rotating hosts all week. I normally host on Wednesdays with Jake Madison. Get in-depth coverage of the league. And then there's also game-to-game, individual games covered with each local host, giving you a minute or so take on what happened in the game so you get both sides of the story. Both great podcasts, both on the Locked On NBA feed, so check those out. Let's get back into the mailbag. You can submit questions to the mailbag at lock, uh, at John Corrales, johncorrales.com. That's my name, johncorrales.com slash mailbag. johncorrales.com slash mailbag. That gets you your questions in. I'll sprinkle them in uh, throughout the, the week whenever I get to something. Uh, so go ahead and send them in. So let's get back to Nathan, who says, and the double big lineup. Why not start Derek White at the two and bring Al the bench and gives his general uh assessment here uh if smart sits white slides up hauser and grant starts if either jay sits and hauser or grant can start uh, and it basically in a back-to-back it involves swapping al and rob as starters so the point is ending the double big lineup you can bring out off the bench he doesn't play in a back-to-back, so Rob's always the starter. And then when Rob sits, Al just slides into his spot. Seems to make sense in, in some ways. I, I'm I'm pro double big. I like the double big lineup. I think defensively, it's just it just is so much better. That lineup, historically, this season when they have had a chance, that lineup is so good. I mean, so good. So I I'm I'm happy to have the Jays with Smart and Horford around the perimeter. Horford has been great as a three-point shooter, as a three-point threat, especially in the corner. Rob, it's he's been inconsistent this year. Got to give him a little bit of slack. He walked into a scenario where the offense has been pretty different. Uh, he's learning the new coach. He's He's... Even though these are teammates that he's had for a while now, each season is different, and it's just another learning curve with how the game is being played now. It's been good for stretches. It's been a little iffy in some other stretches. I'm perfectly fine. So I I personally would not end the double big lineup. I think come playoff time, you're going to want the double, the double big lineup in there. You're going to want that rim protection. You're going to want to be able to stop those the, the other team uh, a little bit more than a single big lineup. Uh, Derek White can be really good, but also I like Derek White off the bench and the potency of Derek White off the bench is is really, I think, going to be helpful. And he's done a great job starting and you don't want don't to make this like, because uh, people do see starting as a reward and I get that, but I think having having the, the Tatum and Brown with Smart setting everybody up, it 
the offense can be really, really good with that double big lineup. It's just the defense can be extraordinarily good. And it can it can get the, the team playing up-tempo. It can get them playing into transition a little bit more and can make things a lot easier than, than starting without the double big. So uh, I'm sticking... I'm sticking to that. Todd said, surely the Cavs, he said this right before it happened. Surely the Cavs are smart enough not to buy out Kevin Love so he can join the Miami Heat where there's good chance they would face him in the 4-5 in the playoffs. Uh, he said, they, if they buy him out, he must have had an insurance going to a team like Portland, Golden State, or the Lakers. Nope, he is going to Miami. It changes a lot. And another reason why I'd love to go double big because if if he goes to Miami and gets a big, big role in Miami, that's that's an obvious target. So I, I think the double big lineup can can be really effective against a lineup that involves Kevin Love. The Miami Heat were desperate for some power forward, some shooting with size, some size in general at that position. Uh so that that's something that they're they're hoping to fill a need there with that signing. I'm not sure how that's going to work for them, but could be interesting. Now, is Miami uh, that currently at 32 and 27? Are they going to make a run into the five seed? Well, they're two and a half games behind Brooklyn, and we know what happened to Brooklyn. So, I would expect the Nets to fall. They're only a half game behind the New York Knicks, so Miami can go from seven to five pretty easily. So you could see a Cleveland Cavaliers uh Miami Heat first round matchup. I would liken this not quite because Drew Bledsoe was a lot better at the time that he got traded to Buffalo when Tom Brady became quarterback for the Patriots, but I I liken it to that in that Bill Belichick had no problem sending Drew Bledsoe within division. Because he had the confidence and he knew what it would take to beat Bledsoe. And I feel like Cleveland can say, yeah, Kevin Love, yeah, we'll buy you out. We'll, we'll do right by you. And I'm sure agents, that, that whenever teams do this, agents take notice and they say, okay, that's good. Cleveland did, did the right thing. And, and so these buyouts happen. And by the way, this, this is a part of the reason why. The, the inevitable question is, why do buyouts even happen? happen well they happen because teams want to show that they're working well with the players and if a player is in a situation like a Kevin Love and he wants more playing time he wants a different role then you work something out with him you work with the player and agents can see it and say okay that's a team that we can talk to that's a team that we can trust to do the right thing so I have no qualms about sending my player there. When my player is a free agent, and let's just say Boston doesn't do right by players, and Boston doesn't buy guys out in situations like this, then agents would say, I, I don't, I don't, I don't really want to. Can we avoid Boston? Can we keep can we keep them at the bottom? If, if it comes to a tiebreaker, let's let's not deal with Boston because if something goes bad, they're not fun to deal with. So teams do that. Now, Boston, I think, has been really good in that scenario. So never an issue. And that's why basically every team kind of plays ball. 
So Kevin Love is going to the Miami Heat. Does that change a lot about what the Miami Heat are going to be? No. It, he adds some shooting for sure, some rebounding, no defense whatsoever. He'll help. He'll help Miami, but that's more uh, a, a testament to how poorly Miami was constructed this year. I don't think it hurts Cleveland. And if they go, if Cleveland goes, you know, in a four or five series with Miami, I just don't think Kevin Love is going to be the guy that makes a difference in that series. I, I feel like Kevin Love can help Miami, but not by that much. He'll help them a little bit. Buyout guys don't generally help a lot as it is. So I'm not, I, I get where, where Todd's coming from, but uh, with Kevin Love, if it wasn't, if he didn't have that name, a guy with those skills, people will be like, yeah, that's okay. That's okay. I mean, Miami gets, fills a need a little bit, but if the Celtics suddenly match up against Miami, if, if Miami uh, goes into the four five and, and somehow, you know, Jimmy Butler goes nuts and, and they beat the Cavs in the first round, then, Hey, that, that's, that would be amazing. But also if that set up a one, four Celtics, Miami, I'm not sitting there in my, in my crossover preview talking about like, Oh my God, I'm so afraid of Kevin love. I'm not, I'm just not. So let's uh, come back and finish off the mailbag with a question about Blake Griffin. Should the Celtics bring Blake Griffin back next year? Interesting question. That's next. Finishing off the mailbag here, starting with Matt, uh, says, my question is, will, will the Celtics sign Blake Griffin again next year? Seems to be a pretty good fit for an off-the-bench guy. Uh, end of bench guy to fill in minutes uh, here and there. Seems like a really good locker room guy too. Don't see any reason why the Celtics wouldn't want to bring him back on another minimum deal next year. I mean, he's he's been great in the locker room. The guys absolutely love him. And I wasn't sure what it would be like having Blake Griffin in the locker room. And turns out it's been fantastic. He's been great. Uh, bring him back next year? Sure. Why not? If he's, if it's an end of bench vet role and if he thinks that he wants to come back and he thinks he can continue to contribute in this way, I don't see why not. However, 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 think about how the team will be constructed. Really, only Grant Williams is up for, for a new deal. I expect Grant Williams to get his new deal. I don't expect, and I'll just kind of answer an unasked question here, but I don't expect Grant Williams to command $20 million on the restricted free agent market. I don't think teams that have the cap space next year are clamoring to give that cap space to Grant Williams. I don't think the Celtics, uh, I think the Celtics can go out there and say, hey, look, we're probably going to match your offer. So... That signals to teams, well, we have to overpay. And that means 20, 21, 22. How, how high of an overpay is a team really going to go for Grant Williams right now? Not that high, I don't think. I'd be shocked. And if he gets that money, hey, then congratulations, man. That's what you want. Then get your money. And if it's somewhere else, then go to San Antonio and get your money. That That's I'm not going to begrudge a guy for going to get his money. That's That's what this is about here. Um, it's professional, it's professional basketball. 
you're a professional basketball player, get your money. So I say that to, to say that the Celtics are probably going to be largely the same team next year. There are some questions. There's a Mike Muscala question, and there's there's some other questions as far as you know, Luke Cornette question and a Peyton Pritchard question. How the end of the bench is constructed will be interesting, but that's that's kind of the only work Brad Stevens has to do. He might skew, uh, just saying, "Hey, we'll we'll give let's let's run it back with the guys that we had that we know worked in the locker room, and that would make that would make Blake a." Uh, a strong candidate to come back. He has contributed. If he keeps his body right and he wants to come back and play another year and, and stick around, the Celtics can bring him back on a minimum. If he likes it here, which he seems to, uh, however it goes, if the Celtics win a championship this year, he might just say, hey, I got my title. I contributed. He certainly was a contributor on this team. So he would have a strong uh, stake to uh, getting a ring. Like he I legitimately... It's not like he sat at the end of the bench and rode rode the pine uh, on his way to a ring and and didn't do anything. He did stuff. He he actually played. So if if that's the case and he gets his ring, he might say, you know what, I'm done. I'm out. Thank you, thank you. I got my ring. He might get greedy. He might say, I got one ring. Let's go for two. Why not? What the hell? Let's let's run it back. I like these guys. Let's you know get to hang out with Deuce in the locker room. He's a big superstar. <laughs> let's let's do that. Uh, so I think, I think there is a, a, a case to bring Blake Griffin back. He, he does fill, uh, a need and it'll be, I'm curious to see what they do with Al Horford because he has been signed to, uh, an extension, but does he, does he move to the bench starting next season? How does that impact things? What are the Celtics tax wise? Do they want to save some money on the tax bill? And does that does that mean you keep a roster spot open? And does that mean there isn't a spot for Blake Griffin? So I wouldn't say it's a slam dunk that that Griffin would come back, but I would say the odds are better than 50-50 that he comes back, uh, especially if they don't win. But if, even if they do, if he wants to come back, why not? So, but not a guarantee for sure. Final question, and I love these personal questions a little bit. Hillary says, you know, travel question as the NBA takes its break. You often mention how much you love New Orleans, New York City, and of course, Boston. What's another NBA city you like to visit and why? I love these questions like the inside baseball. If you want to know like aspects of my job, how do I do my job? Uh, any, any of that stuff, you feel free to ask that. It doesn't have to just be Celtics questions or NBA questions or or any of that stuff. I'm happy to, to toss these in. I toss them in at the end because if you don't want to listen, if you if you don't care, about that question, stop the podcast. You're done. You've gotten all the Celtic stuff. <laughs> just Hillary will listen because she wants to know what what do I what, what do I like about visiting certain cities? New Orleans is my vibe. New Orleans is totally my vibe. I love just the feeling of being in New Orleans. I like I like the the people. It's such a I, I know a better way to say it than I love the vibe in new Orleans. It's such an open welcoming kind of everybody love everybody type of place. It's just, just a cool chill. Let's have fun, not take life too seriously type of place. And that's exactly the type of place I, I love, uh, New York city. I used to live there and that has just a ton of options. There's something for everybody. You can kind of, you can kind of 
put, you can construct your own little life in New Orleans. I mean, in New York and say, I want to, I want to live in a certain neighborhood or frequent a certain, certain neighborhood. And you can kind of like, you can construct whatever you want and, and it's unique to you. It's kind of wild. Um, but other cities that I love to visit Chicago is, is up there tough in the winter, but, uh, I, I do love Chicago. Just, I like cities. I, I do like big cities. So I'm not, I'm not, you know, New Orleans is not a big city, but the lifestyle there is just, I love it. Uh, any place that's just got cool stuff to do. I love Chicago because I, you know, I like going to some of the jazz clubs. You'll see me every once in a while wearing a shirt and Andy's shirt. That's a jazz club in Chicago that I love to go to. And it's just, just a cool city. Lots of cool stuff to do. Uh, I, I do enjoy going there. Um, Miami to a, to a degree, but it's, it's, it's a little, it's a little hot, but there, there's some cool stuff to do in Miami. Um, that's where else do I like to go? That's about it really. Um, cause a lot of times in, in NBA cities, I'm also, you know, you're working, <laughs> you're just working. So, uh, where, where are you, where are you going to find good food? Where are you going to find something cool to do? You know, Milwaukee is, is fine. Milwaukee reminds me a lot of Providence, but that doesn't, it's not like a cool city. Uh, but it's fine. Like the, the people there are really nice and there's nothing disparaging against Milwaukee. I just don't want to have nothing but beer and cheese for four days when I'm there for games two and I mean, games three and four of a playoff series. <laughs> they have, they have a thing called beer cheese soup. And I'm just like, wow, man, they just, just cram beer and cheese into everything in Milwaukee. It's wild. Uh, and beef. Anything Cadillac. Sorry, Sam Hauser. I'm not trying to like disparage Wisconsin. It's just not my scene. It's just not my vibe. So the bigger cities I love going to. Uh, there, there's cool places around. Like you can go to New York and, and be in New York City in Manhattan or in Brooklyn. Brooklyn's a completely different type of place. Uh, and I've enjoyed going to to places in, in both of those boroughs. Um Charlotte, Charlotte actually has some like surprisingly good food. Some of the barbecue down there is good. Um, but that's it. Those are my choices. Chicago, Chicago at Chicago to the list for sure. For sure. New Orleans, New York, Chicago. I haven't been to every NBA city. So like I haven't been to Salt Lake. Denver's actually not bad. I like Denver as well. Um, kind of chill. The only problem with Denver is the airport is like 40 miles away. So all right, that's enough of the inside baseball there. Hopefully that answered your question, Hillary. Mostly what I like about it is like about traveling for these NBA games. What's why I like certain cities is can I walk around? Can I find something cool to do? When I do finally get a few minutes to to myself, can I find something cool? Can I find some good food? Can I find some good music? Can I find a place to get a you know drink with some cool bartenders? That's it. Very simple. Are the people like, I like to make conversation with people at the bar. Am I going to run into like interesting people or, you know, if, if it's, am I going to run into like whatever, not interesting people, I suppose, but that's, that's kind of the whole thing. <laughs> I have limited time. Let's, let's pack some entertainment into that time. Thank you for listening. Thank you for uh, participating in the mailbag. Again, johncarallis.com slash mailbag is where to find uh, the place to get me the questions. Hopefully 
we can do another one of these or sprinkle them in throughout the course of the season. Celtics next game is Thursday, but I'll have podcasts all week long. Uh, they play on Saturday, so I might do just a bonus podcast as well there on Saturday. Why not? And so subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You can also watch the show on YouTube. Do that. Hop into the comments. Join in the conversation. Lots of good ones sprouting up there. And share the podcast. Tell everybody that they should be listening to and watching the Lockdown Celtics podcast here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Your team every day.